Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is our last podcast of the work week. Of course, we'll be going live all day, every day on Sunday when the Bucks play against the Falcons. And we will talk about some Bucks falcons football and that big matchup coming up this week. But with all the news lately about injuries at wide receiver and retirements at the position and some things that uh, Buffalo Bills edge rusher Von Miller said, it does beg the question, should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sign wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr.? So we'll talk about a lot of that on today's show. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joining with me is my fellow colleague from PewterReport.com, J.C. Allen. J.C., how are you, man? What's going on? Doing great. It's another, you know, last Monday before Friday, so happy about that. Yeah. Happy to talk about another game. Hopefully the Bucks can pull that around and, uh, you know, Get another, get a nice win at home here, and and decided to dive into it with you today. Obviously, a lot of topics to get to uh, about the game, about OBJ injury report will be dropping soon. So, ready to dive in? Yeah, absolutely. First question: Some people call Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ. Other people call him ODB. Where do you stand on that topic? it's obj you know i think it's it's obj for me obd is all always funny but i don't want to take that away from the original obd you know he's a he's a legend himself that that is very true rp to uh, odb part of the wu-tang clan who actually just recently played in tampa not too long ago they played with Nas on september 21st um so anyway. career has been such uh up and down not to get too far off topic but no, that's cool this Why dude not? was playing small tiny little nightclubs in like little towns in massachusetts before and now he's back on top doing big tours and stadiums and stuff the, yeah. the life of Nas has certainly been <laughs> yeah grew up in uh he's from queens right. and has one of the best uh this is of all time well what do you call it ether yeah, diss tracks of all time with Ether against Jay Z. Uh, they're obviously cool now, which is which is fine. So shout out, shout out, Nas. Uh, shout out to Nathan who says hi, Matt. I don't know why he said Justin. I think I think he means Josh. Maybe he's just but, in time here. You know? Yeah, exactly, just in time. But thanks to Nate, you're uh, you're always watching us. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And uh, another group of people that we really appreciate are the good folks at celsius which of course is the providing sponsor of the peter report of the peter report podcast along with the uh, peter tailgate show and the peter game day show if you're not drinking celsius yet i don't really know what you're doing uh there's so many great different flavors the arctic vibe peach vibe tropical vibe i'm actually drinking the arctic vibe right now i have some ice with me because i did not have it in my refrigerator uh, but anyway those are fantastic. There's seven essential vitamins. Um, so it's a healthier energy drink compared to others on the market. Gives you that essential energy to get you through your day, whether it's a workout, work day, long drive, um, anything else you got going on. Maybe you just need to stay awake and you want to avoid taking that nap. Have a Celsius energy drink. So it's the sparkling orange, sparkling watermelon, so many different flavors. So go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, check out all the different flavors they have, like the cola as well. Uh, strawberry lemonade and find out where you can get a celsius near you your local gas station walmart bodega whatever it is or buy them in bulk at amazon get the variety pack variety is the spice of life and um you know you're you're going to enjoy it because there's so many great things about celsius so that's celsius hashtag live fit hashtag celsius energy jc as we get back to the topic at hand odell beckham jr uh, I think there's some cases for and against bringing Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, into the fold. Also, Cameron says, Nas, Wu-Tang, I'm here for it. Appreciate you saying that, Cameron. Um, and Nate, Nate apologizes for, well, he said whoops, but uh, says, hi, Josh, instead. But anyway, JC, um, I saw you tweeting about Odell Beckham a little bit, too, with coming to Tampa. Give me your thoughts on whether or not you want him here. Um, you could feel free to talk about the positives and negatives take it in any direction you'd like to 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of negatives to bringing him in here. I don't think, you know, he used to be this diva wide receiver, I think, and had that label to him. I don't necessarily know if that's the Odell Beckham Jr. now. Here he's a father now. You know, once you have kids, it kind of settles you down. I know from experience a little bit. Not to mention, you know, he's bounced around. He's got to be a little bit more humble now, bounced around the league. So I don't think you're getting that look at me. I'm a diva guy. And even with, you know, Julio Jones said it best, this wide receiver room, is the most unselfish thing he's ever been a part of in his career. You know, going back to Alabama days with, with Roll time. right with the Falcons, anywhere he's been, this is the most unselfish. It doesn't matter who's making plays as long as we're making plays. The ultimate goal of this team is winning. Stats are great. Guys will take stats. Mike Evans didn't even know he was an all-time scrimmage leader until someone told him. <laughs> the game. Like these guys don't really, I mean, they're important to an extent, especially, you know, incentives tied to it and, you know, obviously Evans is, is vying to get that thousand yards every year. But for the most part, these guys don't care who's getting the rock as long as they're scoring, as long as they're getting points on the board. So I think Odell Beckham would fit in in that sense. I don't think he's the same guy before. The question of where he would fit in is, is what would his role be? You know, he's, yeah. he's lost a step. He's not that explosive wide receiver that we used to see, you know, he can still separate, but it's not a automatic separation. It's not like something like AB brought to this team. AB could still separate at a very high level. Odell Beckham Jr. has fallen off a little bit on that. He's more of a possession receiver, I think, that can that can make some big plays at times. Um, where do you fit him in? Is there a rotation that you can that you can put him in here? But again, we've we've seen it with Cole Beasley. You know, where what's Cole Beasley's role gonna be? Or or what, 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 what was it going to be? What yeah. was it going to be, right? Cole Bradley, <laughs> you know, or Cole, Cole Bradley. What was this? You know, but I think that, um, you know, this offense is multiple enough where they can find a role, find a way to get him in. And if he's coming here, he knows he's not getting the numbers. He knows he's coming here for one reason. That's one of the things that he's wanted to do with his entire career is play with Tom Brady. He tried to make it happen um, when he was with the Giants before he got traded to the Browns, to the Pats. He tried to go to the Pats again when Brady was there. Uh, the Pats actually wanted him last year uh, or two years ago before he signed with the Rams, but Brady wasn't there, so he didn't go there. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that they have going for them right now, that and they're a really good team. So if they're at the end of the day, if they are in a position come down the line where they're in, in a spot where, hey, they're going to compete, um, he's not ring chasing anymore. He got a ring last year. But if they're going to compete and he sees this as his final opportunity to play with someone who he's grown up idolizing and have wanted to play with, and Brady tells Jason, hey, I talked to OBJ. He wants to come. He's going to be a buck. Like, there's no way around <laughs> it. Like, he's going to, if Brady wants it, Brady will get it. This is, you know, especially if it's not his final year, you want to do whatever you can to make him happy. So he does come back another year, you know? So, um, as far as those reasons, not getting too much like into anything else, I think, I think there's definitely pluses and positives to bringing him in. I, I agree for the most part that, yes, it, it, it's definitely the, the positives far more outweigh the negatives. And the negatives really aren't even on Odell Beckham himself. It's, you know, injuries and stuff. And and we will talk about that. For those that might not know, I just want to lay the scene a little bit. So uh, Buffalo Bills edge rusher Von Miller, who was teammates with Odell last season on the Rams, um, he had a press conference where he talked about that uh, him and Odell talk every single day, and Odell is going on a tour right now, essentially visiting a couple different facilities. And this is all from Von Miller. There haven't there hasn't been any other reports really uh, corroborating this. You know, um, there was a gambling website that had the odds out for uh, what team Odell could play for next, and Odell actually, you know, commented on that like with a with a bit of a joke, but also being like, if you're not in the league, can you bet on this? Um, but anyway, I believe the teams off the top of my head, it was in no particular order, Green Bay, I think maybe New Orleans, and he mentioned the Bucks as well. There might have been another team in there. Um, we already saw Odell in New Orleans week two, but they were also playing the Bucks. Green Bay, I think, has a a good claim for, hey, come join this team. You'll already be like a number one or number two guy. Um what I will say for Odell, and I think you bring up a good point about, you know, the maturity aspect and the fact that when he went to the Rams and Josh Capo was talking about this a little bit on our show yesterday, 
when he went to the Rams, they told him going in, like, you're not going to be the number one guy. You're obviously going to be a factor on this team and you're, and you're going to help us win, which he obviously did. Um, but you're not going to be, it's not going to be you all the time. So with him knowing that and accepting that role and seeing that, you know, you could take a lesser role and still achieve the ultimate success, which is going out and winning a Super Bowl. That's something where if you're in the Bucks organization, you can kind of pitch him and try to bring him in here based on that type of stuff. Um, and obviously he put up pretty good numbers last season too. Overall, he had 44 receptions for 537 yards and five touchdowns. Now, remember, he got traded halfway through the year from the Browns to uh, the Rams, where he played eight games for the Rams. And in those, he had 27 catches, 305 yards, and all five of his touchdowns came in L.A. And then also, he was great in the playoffs. He had a touchdown in the Super Bowl before he unfortunately got hurt. So there's a lot of good that comes with Odell joining the Buccaneers if that's what he wants to do. And you mentioned Brady being the ultimate recruiter. Yeah, we've seen it before. Leonard Fournette, Richard Sherman, even though that didn't totally work out, but that was more injuries than anything else. Russell Gage this year. I'm sure I'm sure Julio was big on that. Brady and, and Odell said hello before the game in uh, you know, in week two. And then of course there was the infamous moment where Odell gave Brady cleats with like goat hair on them or, you know, whatever that situation was. So um, there's obviously appeal there. Now, if I'm looking on the other side of things and uh, for anyone in the chat, give us your opinion, whether you want Odell here, whether you have concerns about it. Um, The other side of it is while Odell has absolutely, you know, matured and everything like that, why receivers have an ego anyway, where, I don't necessarily know if you would want to come in and be the number four wide receiver on this team. Like at best, he's coming in as the number three, but then from the Bucs in that situation, they're looking at it as, all right, we're giving up on, on Julio Jones and Julio Jones continues to practice and then not really play that much. So it's a bit of a seesaw when it comes into that situation. So if you know, if I'm Julia uh, Odell, and I see the Packers, all right, I just got to beat out a couple of rookies and Randall Cobb. I don't know that seems pretty appealing, and they're obviously off to a pretty good record. I don't see why he'd want to go to the Saints, other than the fact that you know he, from there. yeah, he's from that area. I mean, the Saints are one and three. It doesn't look like James is going to play this week or Michael Thomas. So you're looking at probably a one and four Saints team not going anywhere. And yeah, maybe he's not going to ring chase at this point, but I also think he wants to play for a team that has an opportunity. I really thought Dallas could have been a good opportunity, uh, but Michael Gallup got back pretty quickly. So that's just where I'm thinking at it of just, all right, you come in here, you're automatically the number three, number four guy that shows that the Bucs are just kind of like giving up on Julio with this injury history. And I think, it's a little bit early for that. And then the other thing we have to factor in, JC, you know, he's still recovering from that injury. So it's a matter of when is he going to be available? Right, right, right. And I don't know if they're necessarily giving up, but I think it's just bolstering the depth. You know, I think Cole Beasley played a different position than than Julio. Um, but at the same time, it, it's you were five wide receivers deep with Cole Beasley, you know, like having yeah. him on, on there. And, and they found a way to get all of them rotation in the game i think they could find a way to do that to obviously you know once mike and, and chris are, are fully healthy you're not going to take them off the field but find a way to rotate and gauge and god uh gauge and julio and obj i think it comes down to and julio just kind of going back and what while you were uh speaking on it you know kind of going back and looking at his recent tweets you know he, he tweeted at von miller and said disclosing personal information uh and then he's you know he's kind of like joking <laughs> around and stuff like that and um you know he was he's kind of marcus spears came at him and he pretty much said um you know we want you here or there or whatever and he's like i'm just working and grinding you know until and i'm gonna take my time what do you say uh man i'm gonna go wherever god put in my heart and when the timing is right until then i'm just head down working big bro so you know, I think he's just, he's obviously rehabbing. He's obviously working. I don't think he's just sitting around or anything like that. Um, he's definitely getting himself right for the season. When he can come back, I think we, we've all kind of pinned 
November, late November as a spot for him to come back. Um, I kind of just jested on Facebook, I mean, on Twitter yesterday. You know, would it make sense if he does want to come, he, he takes his tour and he does want to come to Tampa, would it make sense to sign him to the practice squad? You know, practice squatters are only getting paid about, I, I think about, you know, $13,000 a week or something like that, $15,000 a week for some of his experience. It allows him no pressure to get up to speed on the playbook, no pressure to get a- activated to the active roster, get you know, get in rhythm with the guys and everything like that. And then when he's good to go, you just re- you just sign him to the active roster. Um, I think that could be an interesting aspect. Of, if, if he does want to come here, that's the thing. He's going to go wherever he wants to go. I think mm. Brady is such a strong pull for him because of that relationship he has with him, because of him publicly saying, I want to play with Tom before my career, before his career is ended, before my career is ended. Do I necessarily think the Bucks need him? No, I don't. I mean, injuries banged up early in the season. Uh, it looks like guys are starting to get healthy. But, hey, I mean, if someone goes down, if Julio goes down, if, you know, Gage or Godwin or Mike go down, then there's a need there automatically. We heard Tom Brady say, look, you know, we want to be more balanced, but we'll fall back on that passing game because we know we can be effective with it, you know? And if they can't get that running game going and have that balance and that, you know, multiple has been balance and multiple has been the, the key, the key word of the bucks so far this early Especially from Byron left, which, yeah. right, right. If yeah. they can't find that balance and they're going to have to throw it in, you know, if you can bring another wide receiver that can help this team in OBJ in certain situations, keep other guys fresh and give them, give defenses different things. I mean, even if you don't, I mean, defenses now have to prepare for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Odo Beckham Jr. And Russell Gage. That's tough. Like, yeah, because anyone out there can beat one of your guys one on one at any time, you know. Uh, so it's it's one of those situations where it would certainly make the team better. Do I think it's a, a need over other positions? Maybe you know, uh, interior lineman or interior defensive lineman right now? No. But if it's going to happen, if Brady wants it to happen, let's just stop talking about it because it's going to happen <laughs> if Odell wants to. But I, I think it wouldn't be a bad. Um, I don't think it would be a bad addition to the team at all. I agree with you in the sense of that it's not an absolute necessity. But if Jones or Gage or, you know, Godwin or, or Evans were able to, were not able to, if they got injured and were going to miss, say, the rest of the season or multiple months, then, yeah, you kind of, you really, really would like Odell Beckham Jr. in that situation. But it's weird because you do, you just, you don't want to, like, hope for any of that to happen i think the issue is when you see julio jones who played week one and then he practices but isn't able to play practices isn't able to play practices gets to play but only until halftime because then his knee is flaring up it just feels like it's one of those it's like all right we can't just keep going in this will they won't they type of thing you either have to start playing or let's put him on the ir until he's fully healthy and we stopped doing this half-assed, oh, is he, is he going to play or not? You know, he practiced both times this week so far. He's going up against his old team. Who knows if he's, you know, if he's actually going to play. We'll ask Todd Bowles tomorrow, and he'll say, if he's ready to go, he'll go and play if he can loosen up that knee. And that's kind of been the Good issue. Game, decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and But I don't think the Bucs can afford to keep doing that. They can afford to do it now because it's the first month of the season. Well, we just got into the second month. It's the first quarter of the season. They can afford to do it now. But they can't get into, you know, week 10. And it's the same thing. Well, we might have Julio this week or we might not. We don't really know. And I want Julio to be healthy. I think he was very effective in that first game. But I would rather completely just say, all right, we're sitting Julio for the next three weeks. We're just going to let him get healthy or as healthy as he possibly can, right. and then we get him to go. Now, the other side with Julio, if he's not, uh, with Odell, if he's not ready until late November, then the Bucks fall into the same situation that they're in right now with getting acclimated with new players, whether it was Cole Beasley coming in or this offensive line that hasn't played together because you have a second-year guy who's starting in Robert Hainsey for the first time in his career, a complete rookie with Luke Gedeke, who, of course, is starting for the first time in his career. Shaq Mason, we know how good he is, but with the new team, it takes time for the offensive line to gel. Then you talk about the tight ends with Kate Otten and, and Cole Keith and even Kyle Rudolph with the limited of time that he's been in there. Rashad White, second-string running back. So we're talking about all of these guys 
that Tom Brady has talked about. It's going to take time before they really start gelling. And that's before I even mentioned the wide receivers with Russell Gage and Julio Jones. So now we're talking about Odell coming here in November. It's going to be not starting all over again, but it is starting from square one with Odell and Tom Brady. It's not like Gronk coming in where he has right. all of this, you know, chemistry with, with Brady. It's going to be completely new. And then it's going to be, oh, we got to get this guy on track, but everyone else is already here at this level. I'm not saying they can't overcome it, but, you know, it's definitely something that um, you have to be ready for. Right. And, and with your, you hit the nail on the head with, with Julio too. Like it can't, this team is having trouble executing one game plan, let alone two game plans with this is what it looks like with Julio. This is what it doesn't look like with Julio. Yes. Like they're having enough trouble on offense executing one game plan, let alone not knowing what they're really good, what it's going to look like until game time after Julio tests his knee out. So put him on IR if you have to. The last point I'll make about, about Odell Beckham Jr. And, um, you know, first of all, guys, we're talking about this because it's in the news. Uh, you know, like this came out as a report. Whether we want it to, whether we don't want to, it's not like we just fabricated this topic to talk about it. Um, but I think right. re- <laughs> I think really um, what it comes down to is look at last season. You know, I heard people say, oh, why didn't they just sign? If they wanted OBJ, why didn't they sign him last season? Well, last season, OBJ was already signed. And you've got to remember week 15, Godwin goes down. Week 17, Antonio Brown goes goes topless. So, like, there's no other players right there. What it, what a November signing would do with OBJ, and I and Common Sense, and I talked about this earlier, putting him on the practice squad makes a, a bunch of sense. Letting him catch up, letting him get the offense, let him get the system, letting him get some reps down. If you if he does decide he wants to, signing him in early November rather than later November to the practice squad, but he's not going to count much. He's not counting against the cap. You're not making a roster move to get him on the roster, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense if he does want to come is you're protecting against injury after the bye week, week 15, week 16, week 17, week, you know, playoffs. Remember in the playoffs, you know, once Godwin is down, once Antonio Cam Brate was a wide receiver for your, for your team against the Rams guys, Cam Brate was a wide receiver. So he also protects against that. That's why I don't think there's a rush at all. I'm not saying sign him now on October 6th. Like, no, don't. He's not going to be ready for two months, you know, as it is. You don't need to rush to sign him unless you're doing something like that with it's a practice squad situation where he knows, hey, we're just putting you here so you can get caught up. We're going to sign to the active roster. We're going to pay you good money to come on the active roster, prorated three, four million dollars, whatever it is. I mean, they're already spending a, sh- a lot of money at the wide receiver room, but it's one of the rooms where, Again, going back to what Brady said, we know we can pass the ball effectively. We know we can do it. Well, you can't do that if you don't have bodies at wide receiver. And when your top four guys, top five guys with Brashad Perriman have all been banged up, yeah. and he has been rather ineffective, and Jalen Darden is... He's just punt returning. He's not really lining right. up at receiver. He had the one catch against the Packers, but you yeah, know, that's Kalen really... Geiger, you, I mean, Kalen Geiger and... Devin Tompkins, like, do you trust them to come up and step up in that wide receiver role? The tight ends really haven't had a role in pass catching. This was the first week against the Packers. We really saw an uptick with the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. If you don't think you can, if you're protected enough against injury at the position, it makes a heck of a lot of sense to have him on there, even if, you know, he's not playing as much. And this is where Tom Brady comes in, mass recruiter. Hey, it's my last off to the side it's my last year if you want to come play with me let's do this right now let's go win another freaking ring and odell's like done let's do it you know that's the last thing i'll say about odell i don't think it's going to happen the odds have him going to la rams at 250 green bay packers 350 the giants at 500 which is odd to me i don't think he'd go there especially with daniel jones or whoever they have i think they've got like aj mccarron or whatever they just brought in and the bucks are at 650 uh for the odds to to, to sign him so i don't think it's going to happen i wouldn't be Look at at this point, Matt, I don't think anyone would be surprised if anybody signed on this Bucks team. I don't think if Calvin Johnson came out of retirement <laughs> this season, anyone would be surprised at this point just to play with Brady and this Bucks team. But that's a that's a good one. I mean, Larry, the Larry Fitzgerald rumor is still out there. We have a podcast together, you know. Well, and, you know, Julian Edelman. Someone said Amendola yeah. earlier in here. He's retired yeah. now, too. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I don't think it happens. But if it does. That's part of the reason why they want to make sure they have enough. They did it. They did it with Julio. They did it with Russell Gage, and both of those guys got injured. And now all of the guys are 
Mike Evans is the only healthy guy. He's yeah. really the only fully healthy guy. Him and Scotty Miller and Jalen Darden. Like those are only fully healthy guys on this team right now. So if they can protect against injury even more so by adding a talent like OBJ, it's not going to cost them a lot. And he wants to come here, they'll do it. Whether you JC, like it or not. Yeah. I have a would you rather question for you, JC. But first, before I ask you that, uh, let's hear a message from Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara because I want over $500,000 playing slot. I do this full-time and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike. I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Put my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it, right? Anybody can win at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Never know when you can win big, so make sure you check out the Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa, where we will be doing a couple of live Peter Report podcasts. Well, we're always live anyway, but live on location at the Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. JC, my would-you-rather question for you, which you kind of alluded to where your answer is going to be, but that's okay because you didn't know I was going to ask you the question. Would you rather, given... You know, some of the issues that the Bucks have had stopping the run. Would you rather the Bucks sign Odell Beckham Jr. or sign someone like Indomitian Sue to the interior interior defensive line? If you have one or the other, or you know what? I'll give you a third option. If the Bucks could somehow magically find an upgrade on the interior offensive line. Well, Eric Flowers. I'll have an article about him tomorrow. <laughs> um <laughs> if, if they can make a change to the interior offensive line, if you had one of those three choices, what would you go with? That's tough. That's tough because there's been injuries at all all places. And, and yeah. uh, you know, you look at the defensive line, Akeem Hicks is out. You know, he hasn't been put on IR, so I believe he'll be back maybe next week against Pittsburgh. Um, right. Again, he's been, he hasn't been the Akeem Hicks we saw all preseason and all in camp that got us so juiced. Um, and Vita Vea has struggled as well. So Sue, for all of his limitations, was dominant against the run. Uh, still provided some pressures with six sacks last season. The wide receiver position has been banged up. We talked about that enough. And, you know, I like Luke Gadecki a lot. I think he's learning and getting better. But, man, you know, there's some tough matchups right around the corner. Aaron okay. Donald, not to cut you off, but let's say this. Let's how about for this would you rather? We're either saying Odell, Sue, or for the offensive line, Jensen is able to get back in time and play center. So then you have the option of you can move Hainsey to that guard position if so, if you know, so be it. I see the thing about Hainsey is we don't know. Uh, I'm going with Josh Capo. I pick Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> I pick Gronk. Gronk is back. No, I don't think Robert Haynes has been practicing all summer at center. So I don't know yeah. what he looks like at left guard. I, I, you know, I know he was training there a little bit last year, but I don't, I don't know what he looks like at left guard. If I have to pick right now, because I think the wide receiver room will be healthy enough. Um, yeah, I think they have enough guys. <laughs> I think, I think Akeem Hicks will come back. I think Vita Vey will figure it out. I really like what I've seen out of Logan Hall. Rakeem Nunez, no, uh, not Nacho, Nacho. whatever. Nacho's been, been really, I think he's been pretty decent at that position. And I think it's been more of a collaborative effort on stopping the run rather than one particular particular player. I'm going to go with left guard and I'm going to go with Eric Flowers. I think, you know, he, he's been a, a starter at left guard throughout the league. And I think if you, they could sign him, it's going to cost him a couple bucks. They'll have to restructure, maybe extend some contracts, which doesn't help because they're like $40 million negative in the cap already. I think I'd go with Eric flowers at this point, but you know, it's, it's interesting. So I think they, I think they could have the roster flexibility. The thing is these guys, none of these guys are going to play special teams, which, which hurts too. 
Like, right. you know, so like you, it's not like you can just say, oh, we'll get rid of, you know, Fadokazi or, you, you know, or get rid of this guy or get rid of that. Well, who's going to replace him on special teams if you if you do that? So it, it's I think the most logical spot would probably have to be offensive line because you can you can cut an offensive lineman, I think, and feel good about it or feel decent about maybe getting Brandon Walton back in the practice squad or someone like that. Or, or Fred Johnson or something like that back on the practice squad uh, and not lose anything on special teams where if you bring in Sue and you have Hicks, you're probably cutting Patrick O'Connor, who's a special teams ace. You're not going to cut Nacho. You're not going to cut Hall. And, you know, while I think Odell Beckham would be a good fit and, and a good player and you'd easily just cut Scotty Miller, like I, yeah. I think offensive lines are bigger right now. But I'm going to flip would you rather on you. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think in the situation you talked about with bringing in a D lineman, uh, Deidre Sanat, he's played like pretty good, but there's yeah. a chance that they could just move him to the practice, you know, release him. And then if he goes through waivers, put him on that's the true. practice squad. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I think because Gio is their only guy on IR right now, right? And Josh Wells. Josh Wells. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I might go with the the defensive line I, I i just think it it's tough to tell whether this is just going to be an outlier the one week where they really struggled or and i'm not i'm not i'm not even saying like and sue again this is more of a hypothetical i know i asked sue he's, as the, only guy, he's the only guy out there that's gonna yeah he is the only really. guy out there i mean we're looking at the guys out there are sue you know that could sue flowers or odell that could make an impact on this team yeah that's true if one of the wide receivers were injured, I would say Odell, like no question. You know what? I am going to say Odell. I'm changing my mind. I'm going to say Odell Beckham Jr. Because I just don't trust that. Um, I just don't trust that Julio Jones is going to be healthy for the entire season. I want him to. I truly think he can really help this offense if he's fully healthy, but he's just never healthy. And he's proved that for the, you know, now, the last couple seasons that he's not healthy. The thing about Odell is you're not getting him till end of November, most likely. So right. that's why all the Bucks receivers injuries happen right around that time <laughs> and, and in December. And I think we've seen the past couple of years, you know, last season, for example, you really missed not having that third option when after AB left the team, you really missed and it hurt that a lot when Godwin was out and, you know, everyone was injured going into that game against the Rams, which they should have won. The Bucs have seen this before, and they just can't let it happen again. I think even with an offensive line that's struggled a little bit, the Bucs have shown that you know Brady will either get the ball out quickly, they'll scheme other things up. I'm always going to trust Tom Brady. And, you know, Vea, I think, knows that the pressure is on him a little bit for the way that he struggled. And, you know, you asked Casey Rogers about that today. So it, it's something that's clearly on Vita Vea's mind. He knows he needs to step it up. Nacho is usually pretty good at the run. And I think, you know, this Bucks team is going to be pissed off for the fact that they allowed, you know, 180 yards where they know the Falcons are good and can run the ball, even with Cordell Patterson not playing in the not game as, because he just went on IR. Uh, but, I, don't think. I, I mean, th this is a good, I don't want to say measuring stick game because they should beat the Falcons, but this is a good, you know, test for their run defense, which struggled. Which Bucks defense are we? Are we the defense from the first three weeks? Are we a team that peaked early in the season and now we're just an okay run-of-the-mill defense? This is huge for stopping the run, which has been an issue kind of for most of the season. It didn't really kill them until against the Chiefs, early, but it's something they need to clean up. Early game issues it's been, and they've kind of settled it down in the second half. I just want to point this one out. Uh, Sal, who's been loudly screaming at us in the comments the whole time says cut Scotty Wells, Rudolph and geo free up money and get flowers. All those guys are on one year contracts. And after week one vested veterans contracts are guaranteed. So that does not free up money. All you're doing is eating that money and those players are no longer on the team. So that's also, something to look at. the trajectory of Eric flowers has been absolutely crazy. Cause I remember when he played for the giants, the giants yeah, he was a tackle for the giants and giants fans hated this guy they were so mad with the way that he played and then i think he went to jacksonville um and he played a lot more better and i remember giants fans being like where the hell was this you know when he was in <laughs> new york so good for him for like really turning his career around because a lot of times when you're you know the uh 
the guy in town at offensive line that everyone's talking about for negative reasons, it's very tough to, you know, reshape that. And, and he has. Yeah, he was. He was 13th overall or something like that. He was, he was a high draft pick. They had high hopes for him. He slid inside for the, you know, the last couple of years and it's been really a boost to his career. So, you know, I, like, like you said, I think if you look at both sides of this ball, this is going to be a Testament week for them. You're going against a, what on paper, what on in your mind and everything is an inferior opponent with Atlanta Falcons. Um, sure. They've given you some, some, you know, rough patches when you're playing in Atlanta, but you're playing at home. You can't go 0 and 3 at home to start the season. You can't lose three in a row. Um, so this is a this is going to be a a matchup that's going to determine. Okay, what's what's going on here? We found out they can pass the ball. We knew they could pass the ball, right? We've known they could pass the yeah, ball when everyone's yeah. healthy. You know, they haven't been able. They didn't weren't able to run the ball, and, and they haven't really been able to run the ball the last three games besides that opener the way they've wanted to. So. You know, that's something that they need to show that they, hey, we can move the ball on the ground. They've got some big options with Grady, Grady Jarrett, not Grady Jackson, <laughs> Grady Jarrett um, and, and Marlon Davidson um, and some good linebackers. Uh, they've got A.J. Terrell's one of the be better young corners yep. in the team right now. So on offense, they got to show, hey, we can we can be balanced. We can be multiple, Matt. <laughs> we can we can run the ball. We can throw the ball. And on defense, they have to show that, hey, last week was an anomaly. We do not play that game. That is not our brand of defense. We shut the run down. We make them, you know, we make them one dimensional in the in the passing game. We make plays on the ball. We intercept passes. We, you know, cause pressure throws and they need to show that this offensive line is not that great. Yeah, they're good run blocking, but they are not good against pass protection. If you can shut that run block, that run running game down on them, then there should be no reason why they can't get after Mariota. The biggest thing for them this week is going to be containment, too. They've got to contain. But, you know, if this week, if they falter again and if um, if, if Hicks is still going to be out, then then they might need to look at bringing a guy like Sue. Might need to see what does it take. The problem with Sue, Sue would probably already be here on this team. Guy wants eight million dollars again, yeah. seven million dollars. <laughs> if he was to come in at a vet minimum or even like two, two maybe two, three, and I'm not speaking for the team because I don't know, but like two, three million dollars, Sue might be on this team right now. The fact that he wants to get paid and he still has interest. You know, the Bucks. Jason Leonard wrote an article said. You know, the, the door's open for him. We're not shutting the door on him at all. We're not shutting the door right. on Clock. We're not shutting the door on Sue. It's just going to take them coming together monetary, you know, in a monetary sense, saying what's it going to be. So if they struggle again and Hicks is going to be out for a couple more games, you might have to make that phone call because they cannot do what they did last week because what they did last week allowed all problems throughout the air, throughout the ground, on the ground. And they've got to tighten it up. Like you said, this is a big game for the defense this week. This to show, hey, last week was an anomaly. That's not us. Speaking of getting paid, you can boost your money by winning on underdog fantasy, especially with their pickums. Uh, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. That's by using their pick'em game or the rivals game. That's fun too. Just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip, get every pick right, take them some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn some Plant City math, you know that's a great, great deal. Once again, that promo code is Pewter. P-E-W-T-E-R. And I actually won last week with Underdog Fantasy <coughs> picking on uh, the, the Bucks game. I had the over in total yards for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I had the over in fantasy points for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So I hit uh, on that three-person parlay pick Beautiful. right there. And, uh, yeah, make sure you do it with Underdog Fantasy. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, but it's also stressful too. You're like, oh, I want to go for the big. You got to know when to not play for the big money and when yeah. to go for the smaller, smaller money. Because that's been my problem. I'm like, oh, I'm going for that. I'm going for the 200. Give me all five. <laughs> I'm gonna hit on all of them. It's like picking up yeah. part one. You're like, I'm gonna hit on all of these, and then you're like, crap, I only hit out of three, five. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, I could have made a couple bucks, but no, could have done it. Yeah, it is tough because you don't want to go like too overboard unless. Like you really feel good about a couple ones. So I try to stick between like three or four. 
Right. Um, do want to get to the injury report here that just got yeah. released a couple minutes ago. Tom Brady did not practice yesterday. He was a full participant today dealing with that right shoulder. And he and said right it felt finger. good today, so that was good. I'm sorry? He said it felt good today, so that was, yeah. was you know. But I mean, it's He again said it in like a mocking type of, you know, thing. But he also said he's going to play on Sunday, so. Right. No worries there. Cam Brate was out again for the second straight day uh, with he's still in concussion protocol. He was running on a separate field. There was a little confusion there. Uh, some people reported that they didn't see him. He was on that third field. He was running for a little bit um, and then, you know, stopped. But he was out there for a bit. Not practicing with the team, of course, because he's still in protocol. Carlton Davis dealing with the shoulder. Uh, he was full participant yesterday, limited today. Uh, next couple players were limited. Russell Gage with the hamstring and Chris Godwin with the knee. Uh, Akeem Hicks did not participate for the second day in a row. He's dealing with that foot injury. Oh. So looks like he's probably not going to be available for this week. Julio Jones with a knee. He was limited once again in practice. Nacho, he's a new addition to the uh, to the injury report. He did not participate as he has an illness right now. Rashad Perriman, knee hamstring was limited. Logan Ryan, foot injury, did not participate for the second day. Second, yeah, second day in a row. And then Donovan Smith was limited again. Donovan said today that he's good. He's going to play on Sunday. So no worries there. So it looks like going to this game against Atlanta. By the way, the Falcons, they had one guy on the injury report today. One Pretty guy. important, though. Pretty important. Ky yeah, Kyle Pitts, their tight end. Second year tight end, very talented. He has a hamstring injury. He did not participate for the second day in a row. Um, obviously, that's a huge hit to the Falcons if he's not able to play, especially with Cordero Patterson already not available as he went on the IR. So that's right. something to monitor tomorrow. Doesn't look like doesn't look like they're gonna. Oh, he's on your fantasy team. Damn, he's done nothing this year. He's been such a disappointment. Yeah, well, the Falcons don't really throw the ball a ton. We'll get into that in a moment. Just the last thing I want to say. No, Bright will see the concussion protocol. Some guys are able to play the next week. Another guy can't play for two weeks. Um, so, you know, we'll monitor that. Outside of that, Hicks doesn't look like he's going to go. And same thing with Logan Ryan. Other this than that. Third week, too. So yeah. they said about a month. So, you know, if he can go next week in, in Pittsburgh, that would be, you know, we'll that would be cutting it close. I think we see his return, maybe Carolina. Yeah, I'd almost, I would rather not push a guy to come back early, especially for a game against the Steelers, you know, who rookie quarterback, they have guys banged up on defense, you know, with Watt and, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who, you know, hasn't really practiced this week. So, um, but anyway, getting back to the Falcons, I mean, it's pretty standard, JC. They're going to run it. It's just a matter of whether or not the Bucs can stop it. Because Mariota hasn't really dropped back a ton. That's not really the Falcons' MO, despite the fact that they have, you know, pretty good talent at the skill position. Pitts, when he's healthy, of course. Drake London has gotten off to a, you know, a solid start. He has 210 yards, two touchdowns. That that leads the Falcons. Patterson, again, not able to play, but I'm talking about before that. But Mariota. Doesn't really throw it a ton. I think last week he had 180 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. Now, again, that was because they were able to, you know, run the ball so effectively. But to me, it really just feels like if you stop the run and you force Mariota to pass, I understand that occasionally he'll just, you know, hold on to the ball and, and scramble and can be effective that way. But, you know, the Bucs last year, they played against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles twice because they played them in the playoffs. And they did a, a good enough job to prevent them from winning the game. I mean, I just remember the one against Philly, the Bucs jumped out to that huge lead. And then the Eagles got it going, but it's a little bit too little too late. And then the game in Tampa, they just absolutely throttled them. And they couldn't really do anything until the fourth quarter when the game was way out of touch. And I'm not comparing Mariota to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is having an MVP type of season right. so far for the Eagles, the, uh, you know, one of two teams that are still undefeated in the NFL. It's the Eagles and the Jets when Zach Wilson is their starter. So, you know, when you're talking about a team that's played that well. So for me, I just think it's, you stop the run, you're going to win the game because Mario is not going to beat you throwing the ball. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And even the Browns were were pretty good at containing Mariota last week. He only had three yards on five attempts. Uh, the guy who ran the ball well was someone that I think a lot of us were kind of high on. I know Scott was particularly high on was Tyler Algier. Yeah. Uh, the, the running back from BYU uh, in his rookie season. So I think, you know, Bowles is such a, a defensive mastermind. I think he can come up with ways to kind of fluster a, a young running back. And, and it's going to take ex- exactly what Casey Rogers said, execution and technique up front. I think if they get back to that, um, and it's funny, we talk about this, you know, like these are professional players, guys who've been in the league for five, six, seven years for the most part. They should know that they need to, you know, execute, uh, play with execution and technique. But sometimes there's just lapses. And and sometimes, you know, like uh, Casey Rogers said today, you know, at one point they were in it for almost 15 plays in a row and just kind of demoralized you. They got it. They can't do that. They can't do that. They have to be able to. I mean, look at that uh, Buffalo Pats game where I think they've thrown it like once. They knew their run was coming. They couldn't stop it. You can't get into a situation where that's you. But I think the Bucs have enough. I know they have enough talent. That's not a question. Um, I think they'll be fired up enough that they'll be able to. I don't know if they're going to shut the run down, but I wouldn't be surprised if they held them under 100 yards. Um, and that's a win. That's a win for the box right. defense without question. At this point right now, yeah. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. were holding to 79, 75 yards, and that was what the standard was. Um, but, I mean, you got you to gotta hold them because I don't think Drake London's a good player. Uh, young rookie that they drafted early in the draft. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, Zachariah, o- I'm not even going to say yeah. his name. You know? Z-O. <laughs> yeah, Z-O. Uh, they don't, looks like they're not going to have pits. Like, they don't have anybody else, really, that I think the Bucks' corners and secondary can't can't stop. So, like, if you make this team one-dimensional, it's going to be very, very difficult for them. And they're not going to give up running the ball, either. They're going to keep doing it, even yeah. if they don't have success. And you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be prepared for that beating. The Falcons are the the prototypical team that if they get a lead, they can continue to run it and sustain it. But, you know, if the Bucs jump out to, a, you know, a 10 nothing, 14 nothing lead, it's going to be really, really tough for the Falcons to try to score quickly and stay in the game. So getting that early lead, I think, is, is super important Point for the Bucs in, in, in this game more than you know, than others. But let me ask you, you just mentioned the secondary. So it's not looking like Logan Ryan's going to play. And he's been so important to this defense so far, whether it was, you know, punching out the fumble against New Orleans right after the Bucs tied the game up and they were in Bucks territory, the interception against Aaron Rodgers. He's been big for this team so far. Huge. So with him not in there, it comes to a situation now where either Keanu Neal is going to play and he goes in at safety and you keep Anton Winfield Jr. at that, you know, at that nickel slot corner position, or you can move Winfield to back to his traditional safety position, which he has played as well. And you bring in Sean Murphy bunting as a nickel corner who, um, you know, made a big play last week, but that was replacing Carlton Davis where he was an outside corner. Um, What would you do in that situation? I am moving Mike Edwards to free safety, and I'm putting Keanu Neal at strong safety. If there was ever a game on the Bucks schedule where Logan Ryan was going to miss and Keanu Neal had to be the starter, it's this game. Against <laughs> like his old it's, team. Yeah. It's not even just against his old team. Forget about the team. It's a team that doesn't really have a great passing attack and is going to try to run the ball on you. A hard-hitting guy like Keanu Neal, I think, is going to be – is going – is not going to be a big of a deal. If this were last week, and I know it happened last week, and we saw it happen last week when Neil had to go in over Logan Ryan, then I think you're in more trouble. Uh, you know, in a bit of in a bit of a difficult situation. You know, even next week against if he doesn't play next week against the Steelers with guys like Pickens and Claypool and and Fryermuth and and Deontay Johnson, I think that's a bigger issue. Um, yeah. But this week, I mean, they're they're. I'm not intimidated by anybody that's throwing the ball to him. The pits is out. That that makes it even less. If Cordero yeah. Patterson's not there, like that, I'm not worried about the passing game. I think the passing game would shut it down. Watch them go and have like 300 yards. To I know. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's going to be the topic. They're, that's what the, the Falcons coach is going to say. They're going to say, "Look at everyone's talking about us. Who's our weapon? Who's going to catch the ball? Drake London. Who's that, who's besides Drake London? That's going to be their thing. You know, look at no one's talking about this wide receiving core. Who's going to step up? Who's going to make a play? I don't think any of them are. I mean, just my opinion. So 
Um, if if you need if you needed to have a safety miss a miss a game and it's going to be Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal is a guy who can force down on the line of scrimmage. He's a good sound tackler. He's a hard hitter. He's going to punish the running backs as much as they're going to try to punish him. I think I think that's the route you go and you leave Mike Edwards in that playmaking position as a free safety. You're not going to see much rotation as you have. Yeah, three guys. The Bucks have been pretty standard with just keeping you know. Their guys on for every single snap, whether it's Levante and Devin at linebacker. You know, Carlton doesn't come off the field unless he got hurt. Jamel Dean, this week he didn't play 100 percent of the snaps. He played 99. So you know, you get the you get my point. They they stick to you know keeping their top guys on the field as much as possible, including Ansel on Winfield Jr. He was another guy in the in that category. Uh, but you talked a lot about you know it's got to be a team effort, especially on defense. You know, stopping the Falcons, stopping the run. But when you talk about team, we, of course, got to talk about the Pewter Report team and how we'll be at Walk-Ons live this Sunday from the Walk-Ons in Midtown for the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation and live at the Walk-Ons in Midtown. It's been so much fun doing that this year. JC will be there. John Gilmore, former Buccaneers tight end that's been part of the show, will be there. Uh, Bailey Adams, of course, as well. So, We do this show two hours prior to kickoff. It's not like all the other game day shows when they, when they go and they preview every single one. So there's only, you know, 10 minutes talking about the Bucks. This whole show is dedicated to Bucks first Falcons. We're we're talking about every matchup on offense and defense, the injury report, everything in between, uh, you know, with, with this big matchup with first place on the line. So uh, make sure you tune into that. At 11 o'clock, then myself and Josh Capo will be live for the Pewter Report game day show where we give our live you know, reactions, analysis, input on you know every single play that's happening from Bucks Falcons. So make sure you check that out starting at 11 o'clock. We'll have it on our social media as well. Um, always going to be a fun time on that show. So make sure you check it out. JC, of course, done a great job as uh, one of the co-hosts on that show. So very excited. You've done great at game day. Thank you. Thank you. Um, As we flip to the offensive side of the ball and start to wind the show down a little bit, um, what's the biggest matchup you're looking at for Bucks offense versus the Falcons defense? We talked a little bit about Grady Jarrett. I know we talked about him on yesterday's show. I think if you stop him, and obviously, you know, Terrell, the corner, is is a very talented player, but I think if you kind of negate those two guys or game plan, Outside of them, I don't see the Bucs having too much of an issue moving the ball against the Falcons that are, you know, 25th in yards allowed so far in the season and same with passing yards. So I think we see a little bit more of the passing game implemented with Evans and Godwin back for the second week in a row and and Brady obviously on a revenge tour a little bit. Yeah, I just don't I don't see where on this team the playmakers can step up. If you can limit Grady Jarrett and you know they're going to try to put him over over Luke Gadecki a bunch this game and really test uh, Luke Gadecki and, and Robert Hainsey more so than, than Robert Hainsey and Shaq Mason. Uh, Gedecky, sorry. Um, okay. I, I think I said it first the right time and then the second time I messed it up. But anyways, um, I think that's going to be a, the, one of the big matchups. And then A.J. Terrell versus Mike Evans. You know, this could be another Mike Evans game where we're looking at two two receptions, 13 yards and a touchdown. You know, like Mike has these games yeah. all the time. Like and then you're like, how the heck is he going to get a thousand yards? if he's like 13, you know, <laughs> like um uh, but you know, then he'll go off and he'll have a hundred yard game the next the next week against an opponent he shouldn't. So uh, I think those are the two matchups you're looking at. Deion Jones is on is on IR, I believe, so he's not even playing this game. Uh, who's one of their better playmakers, and even he's fallen off a little bit. But uh, I just don't see the guys on this defense that are going to stand up and, and really challenge the Buccaneers' offense and the secondary as runners. I mean, they have some young guys, but they're young guys. Like we, we both like Troy Anderson coming out of college. Yeah, uh, at he was another guy we liked. I was a big fan of Richie Grant coming out two years ago. Uh, the the safety from, um, I believe it was from UCF or Florida. Um, what they took, they they've got they've got young talent, but the problem is it's young talent. It's not matured enough, and I think the Bucks will be able to find ways to to, um, you know, exploit that on Sunday. So. Grady Jared and AJ Terrell and Evans is going to be on Terrell. 
and Grady Jarrett's going to test that middle. So you really got to, they've got to step up because you, you, you need to, you need to send Lenny out in the backfield. We saw how productive he was. Yeah, I'm curious to see how, first of all, with Mike, it is so funny, as talented as he is and future Hall of Famer, at times he will have the most bizarre stat lines you've ever seen, as you just pointed out. But that's another thing I want to see. I don't think it's that crazy of a coincidence that the Bucs scored the most points that they have all season last week against the Chiefs. And I understand they were down by so much that so they have to throw it a ton and you play a little more relaxed defense if you're Kansas City in, in that aspect. But I still don't think it's a surprise that once they implemented Leonard Fournette in the passing game more, and obviously we saw the best game by, even though it's weird to say because Rashad White fumbled the opening kickoff, but the best offensive game that Rashad White has had in his career to this point, five catches for 50 yards, and I think Leonard had seven catches. So it's not a surprise that when the running backs got in there and started moving, helping moving the ball down the field, that the Bucs were able to score points and get those points in the red zone, which they struggled to do. So I'm, I am really curious to see how much they get used in this game, because if you're going to have your top two wide receivers and then you don't know what, you, what else you're going to get and the tight ends have been limited here and there making plays, someone else needs to do something on this team. And I think Leonard and Rashad White are two perfect candidates to do that. Right. And Kate Auden's going to start. Kate Auden's going to be your starting tight end. Yeah. So, like, what can what are you getting out of him? You know, Kyle Rudolph is going to be there, but he's not going to be your starting tight end. So you're rolling out a new starter on the offense this week too with Cam, with Cam Braid out. So, um, yeah, it's going to definitely certainly be interesting. I, I I've been calling for it. I think that getting the backs um, involved in the passing game has been something that that they've been missing all season. They got it going last week. We saw some of the results. Um, and, and that has to do so much with the improvement of, of Gedeke and Hainsey, and they have to show that they can hold their blocks and, and they have a tough challenge again with Grady Jarrett. If they can hold those blocks instead of keeping Lenny in, uh, to chip block instead of keeping Rashad white in to block, now you can send them out on routes and pick up extra yardage that way. Cause Brady can get the ball to him very quickly. And I like what you said about rolling out some new tight ends because they are rookies and, and Kyle Rudolph who is a veteran and has only played in one game, but you really are rolling out some, some new looks at tight end. Um, another thing that you can roll is a bowling ball. And if you're going to do oh. that, of course you got to do it at pin chasers, multiple locations from East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown and veterans. They have one pretty close to the Advent Hill training center where the bucks have practiced. The food is extremely underrated from the chicken tenders, to the pizza, to the nachos, all delicious. Um, it's a fun night out with family and friends because they have deals all over the place, whether it's all you could eat pizza, all you can bowl, dollar beers. They got brunch on the weekend. So, you know, get your weekend started with some good brunch. Um, you can also book your kid's birthday party there. They have the the uh, arcade area so the kids can bowl, play video games. It's fun for everyone. Like I said, a fun night out with friends and family and start booking your office holiday party. I know it's not for a couple months in December, but they start uh, getting booked up pretty quickly. So make sure you get on top of that. Once again, visit pinchasers.net and see what great deal they have in store for you. Uh, and again, remember you'll get to see JC Bailey, uh, John Gilmore at the Peter report tailgate show. Uh, Celsius Peter Report Tailgate Show, presented by Age Rejuvenation and live at the Walk-Ons in Midtown. Come hang out, say hi, get a free Celsius, enjoy right. the show, get ready for the Bucks game. And, and it's of course, close enough, you can go to right to the game. We had a few guys come down, a few Peter Report readers and listeners there come you go. in and say hi to us, and it was nice to meet them and everything like that. And they, they made it the game on time, no problem. So definitely stop in. It's a 1 o'clock they open up early enough to yeah. know it. And uh, plus they have exactly. start the, perfect. And you got the, uh, of course, yeah, the game's so close. Why not do both? And then the pewter game day show live in game analysis with myself and Josh Capo that will start right at kickoff at one o'clock. So you can watch the game, get our reactions as well to all the good, bad, ugly, and great things that go on in the game. And that's the beauty of it. We don't know where the game's going to go. We just react to it and give our analysis and everything to that. So uh, very excited for it on Sunday. We're there all day on Sunday. The tailgate show at 11, the game day show 
at noon. And then, of course, the Pewter Post Game Show live from Raymond James Stadium after it. Uh, Going to be a lot of fun. We'll see if the Bucks get first place in the division. Want to thank everyone that was watching this show today or listening to it later. We really appreciate everyone in the chats. Make sure you like and subscribe to this episode and, of course, Pewter Report TV. We had two new videos today, one about Chris Godwin talking about the latest injury that he was dealing with and if he's okay. And Josh Capo had an awesome video breakdown on Vita Vea, some of the things that he struggled with this season, why he's not exactly playing the same. So check that out on Peter Report TV. So for JC Allen, I'm Matt Materis saying thank you everyone for watching. We'll see you on Sunday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.